Hello there everyone, welcome back. This is Art Burns, I'm really happy to be here with you. I hope you're all doing well today. I hope that you're feeling well rested today, <laughs> which is something that I personally am not. Um, last night was one of those nights where both my kids were up until it was around three o'clock in the morning before everybody started snoring. <laughs> that just makes for a really, really difficult day. There's definitely a, a few extra cups of tea in my future today. Um, and But what I'm doing now is I'm focusing, you know, now this is a great, um, great example of the kind of work that I do, right? So if, if one of my clients was to come to me and talk about this today, I would, I would invite them to, you know, to use this, you know, to, to explore, right? Like there's, <clears throat> there's two choices that I have, right? I could be resentful that I, I didn't get enough sleep. I could be, you know, kind of <clears throat> maybe even a little like angry or something or some kind of like, you know, negative emotion, or I can just accept it and I can just say, yeah, you know, there's nothing I can do to go back in time and, and recreate last night so that I got more sleep. It is what it is, right? Today is today, last night was last night. And so now all I can do is, is I can move through the day with, with this acceptance and with this sort of, you know, calm, non-judging awareness of, of what I'm feeling, you know? <clears throat> so yeah, I probably will have a little extra tea today. I probably will feel challenged at various points of the day. I, I can also expect that my children <laughs> might be a little bit, um, you know, higher on the cranky scale today. And so, and so by, by knowing this and accepting all of this and not fighting it, right? Now at least I can get through the day. I can, I can still be present with each moment of the day, not just try to struggle through it and just kind of wait until it's bedtime and everybody goes to bed and we reset for tomorrow, but actually still, you know, you know kind of not write the day off, but still, you know, maintain a presence and an acceptance and a compassion throughout the day, right? So, so this is like one of those great examples, great opportunities that we have to, you know, to, to, to practice and, and to use this kind of thing as an object of our practice. So anyway, just so you know, that's what I'm going to be doing today. <laughs> and I hope that, uh, I hope the next time that you are kept up really late, you have an opportunity to try that as well. And so what I was planning to talk about today, though, was not about sleep and my children, <laughs> but I'm glad that I was able to share this with you. Um, what I wanted to talk about today is this sort of tendency that we have in our society for striving, right? We have this real proclivity, right? And it's baked into the system, right? When we're, when we're very young, we go to preschool or nursery school and then, you know, and this has gotten more so like with my kids than it was with me when I was younger. And I'd imagine it's even more now, 10 years after my kids were in preschool. Um, but <clears throat> you're not quite 10 years, but anyway, um, you know, we, we have this, this sort of you know, it's baked into our system, right? So, so we, you know, we send our kids to pre-K and then they go to kindergarten. And then when they're in kindergarten, it's like, oh, you're going to be in first grade soon. And then they get into first grade. It's like, you're going to be in second grade next year. It's not exciting. And, and we kind of build up this, this sort of momentum, right? Where every year it's like, there's something else coming, right? Like that, that there's something else that's going to be even bigger and better than what we have right now, right? And of course this continues because we've built this foundation for ourselves this continues throughout our lives right when we you know when we finally get out of either high school or college and we're done with school now it's like okay now you got your first job 
And now, you know, after you're in this job for a couple of years, you'll get a better job with more money. And then you can, you know, kind of create this career, which is always moving forward and always, you know, kind of gaining something more than what you have today. And that leads to, you know, finding someone to marry and getting married and then getting a house and then having children, having your first child, and then a second child, then a you know, maybe a third child, what have you, or maybe not, you know, um, you know, but, but the point is that, that we have this sense of when, wherever we are in our lives, there's supposed to be something even better afterward, right? And what this does is this trains us, right? This trains us to feel as though in this present moment, I can't possibly be happy, Right? Like there has to be something more because I've trained myself ever since I was, you know, four, three years old. I've trained myself to, to feel this sense of, you know, get to the next thing. Right. And that's what leads to a lot of a lot of issues for adults. Right. And, you know, like when you get a, a new gadget, for instance, or a new car or something like that, you know, it's like we feel this happiness because we've attained something. But then the happiness goes away very, very quickly, and now we need to attain something else, right? And this, again, this is something that follows us through our whole lives, right? And of course, then it is something that we bake into our parenting or is baked into our ability to parent, right? And, and within the parenting structure, it actually happens even a little bit less obviously. You know, yes, there is the school thing, right? But even as we're, you know, just you know, kind of, um, even outside of the school model, we're, you know, in the way that we interact with our children, right? So let me tell you what I mean by this, right? So, so when we're, when, when we have our first child, right? And all of you out there who are parents know exactly what I'm talking about here, right? You know, you, you probably maybe read a book or two while you were pregnant and, you know, or before you even got pregnant, you did some, you know, maybe watch videos or movies or, or read the books or listen to podcasts or listen to people like me. And you, you know, you kind of, prepared yourself knowing like there's um uh there's a series of books of what to expect when you're pregnant what to expect in the first year what to expect in the second year fantastic books they give you an idea of like okay you know at six months of pregnancy, this is basically what you can kind of figure is gonna happen in your body. So when those things are happening in your body, it's like, okay, I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. I feel reassured, I feel good, this is nice. Baby is born. At X amount of months, you know, the baby should be lifting her head. And, and at, at this time, the baby should be rolling over onto his back from his tummy. Uh, at this time, they should be eating solid foods. And at this time, they should be, you know, trying to pull themselves up and taking their first steps, you know. And as we go through this process of those first, like, year, year and a half of, of the baby's life, we're, like, looking at these milestones that are very, very obvious and very, very simple right? Like, like, you know, walking is a very simple and, and very apparent milestone that goes on with a child, right? And so is the eating the food and the rolling over and the lifting your head, all of that stuff. And the speaking, right? It's all stuff that's very sort of, you know, um, measurable, right? And very sort of like, okay, here we go. Let's write it down. The first day the baby took her, her first step was this day, you know, and it's like, and we celebrate these milestones and there's nothing wrong with celebrating those milestones, right? That's the, the growth of your child. You're, you're watching it, you know, kind of blossom and bloom and stuff, right? But after 
you know, and then and then we get so so after the first like year and a half or so, those milestones are now basically like okay, it's done. Now there's the now there's the terrible twos, right? Now you can kind of expect that your child is going to be, you know, a little sassy, and and it has to do with the brain development, and it's okay. It's not something you should you know kind of um, you know fight necessarily, but it's something to be prepared for. And and there's a different way you can talk to them because their brain development is in a different stage. And then there's the threes, which are even, you know, I hate to tell you if you're not there yet, it's even worse than the twos, but they don't tell you that. <laughs> I'm telling you because I love you. Um, but then there's, you know, and, and then by that time now you're starting to get into school, right? But the thing is that there's still so much more development that is happening for your child, right? And, and as these things are developing, right, again, they're not as obvious as lifting the head off the pillow or rolling onto the back or, or picking themselves up and walking or eating by themselves, you know, with their own uh, hands, right? It's, it's stuff that's much less obvious, right? It's, it's brain development that's happening. It's emotional development that's happening, right? And oftentimes, these emotional and, and physical brain developments, you know, they manifest themselves in, in behavior, right? And because of the way that we are trained to kind of always look at what is that next thing in our lives that's going to be better and better and better, we're now measuring our children's behavior against that, you know, that, that, that progress that we have, right? That's what we're doing, right? And of course, behavior is not that easy, right? It's, you know, there, there's so much that goes into why a child does what a child does, right? But as parents, what we're doing is we're, you know, we're, we're you know, we have this sense of, okay, by the time my child is, you know, 10 years old, she should be reading this level or she should be doing math at this level and she should be at this level because that's what's going to keep her on pace for this, you know, timeline of, of success, right? So that one day when, when she is an adult, she's going to be a, a you know, a success, right? And, and so, so there's two things that I want to kind of invite you to look at with that, right? Number one, Sure, there's there's definitely going to be, you know, there's definitely like a, a an arc that you can measure, right, in terms of, of reading level and math level and all this stuff. But we have this tendency to think of these things as really rigid and, and you know, static kind of things, but they're not, right? And I, I invite you to kind of, you know, do a little research on that, right? And, and now, I am not a coach who tells you how to parent. I'm a coach that tell you, tells you how to relate to your parenting. Right, and so what I would ask you to do is do a little research and, and see because there's abundant research out there that says that just because a child doesn't read well at 10, 10 years old, you know that child could become a, an author at twenty years old. Right? There's no there, there's no cause and effect there. Right? It, it's it's just a marker. Right? It's just something we can kind of you know, and, and the same holds true with, with children who, yeah, ideally they're supposed to walk at a certain age, but if a child doesn't walk until six months later, it doesn't mean that the child can't ever walk in their lives again, right? 
So I, I, I invite you to challenge your, you know, maybe um, rigid view of, of these milestones, right? Of, of their school milestones, right? But then more importantly, I invite you to, to kind of let go of the concept of the behavior, right? Let go of what it might feel to you that is wrong with this behavior, right? Like, what is it that, you know, like, you know, so many times we feel like, okay, my, my child is not, you know, social. And so therefore, they're going to have a hard life for the rest of their life, right? Now, most of the time when things like that are coming up, and this is the second invitation that I'm giving you, right, is I want you to, to kind of see, you know, kind of look at where that's coming from. Right? Is it coming from a place where you're worried because that's how you were told when you were a child? Right? Like, was your parent, you know, very uh, pushy about your um, socialization? Were they were they panicked about the fact that you didn't go outside and play with your friends enough? Were they were they constantly pushing you about that because that is very deep inside your mind and that is dictating how you are going to approach your child's behavior, right? So, so, so examine that, right? And, and see where, you know, if, if there's a behavior of your child that bothers you, really try to sit with it and see why is it that that, that behavior bothers me, right? Is it because of my own experience as a child? Or is it because of some expectation that I have that is, you know, by, by X age, they're supposed to be this kind of person. And if they're not, then they're failing somehow, right? And then lastly, I want to invite you to, instead of worrying about the short-term behavior, right? Because behavior changes all the time. It changes for us too. Right? We just don't see it because we're the ones going through it, right? But when you're going through a, a very happy time in your life, you're going to behave in a certain way. And when you're going through a challenging time in your life, you're going to behave a different way, right? When things are changing for you in your life, you're, you know, when you go through significant life changes, you're going to behave in a different way. I'll give you a very simple example, right? Um, you know, let's say the, the, you know, the passing of a loved one right? Like during that time, right after that happens, you're going to behave in a way that is more withdrawn, which is more, you know, introspective or introverted even. And you're going to, you know, you're going to be less animated. You're going to be less, you know, excitable. You're going to want to do less things, right? But anybody looking at you from outside would say, well, of course, their, their loved one just passed away. I mean, what can you expect of them, right? So for our children, you know, they're going through changes at such a rapid, you know, speed. You know, their their brains are changing in, in ways, I mean, especially younger on. It's like they're, they're producing brain cells at this incredible pace, right? And and as the years go by, their their brains are literally being constructed right before our eyes. And the changes that they're going through are immense, right? And and this changes and, and the 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 way that it works and the challenge that it poses is that the emotional part of the brain develops a lot faster than the, you know, than the part of the brain that can control and regulate the emotions, right? So therefore, the emotions are what motivates us. I talk about that all the time, right? The emotions motivate us towards the things we want or away from the things we don't want, right? And so for a child who has no sense of regulation yet, 
that's going to manifest in what we see as very, very strong behavior, right? And maybe unpleasant or, or undesired behavior, right? And so what I'm asking you now, and I'm really asking you, right, to, to, to check in with yourself when you're looking at the behavior of your child and ask yourself, is this behavior, which is likely to change on its own, right? Like if I don't, if I don't, you know, feed the fire and if I don't try to, to control this and create emotional, you know, kind of reactions as I try to control this behavior, what's going to happen? Are they going to grow out of this? And most of the time the answer is yes, they are going to grow out of it. So what I'm asking you now is to focus instead of the short-term behavior, focus on the long-term emotional development. Ask yourself not don't ask yourself, how can I stop my child from doing this thing that bothers me? But instead, ask yourself, what is it that's, that's motivating my child to do this thing? And how can I connect to that? Because that, my friends, is going to be a much more effective way for you to, to you know, and again, the, the behaviors are the behaviors. And your children are going through things that you have no control over, right? You really don't. I mean, as much as, and, and again, as much as you try to control these things, the more you're going to actually kind of throw gasoline on the fire more often than not, and it's going to maybe cause more problems than you even anticipate, right? And so, now that doesn't mean that we don't try to, you know, to teach our children, you know, proper etiquette and manners and respect and this kind of thing. Yes, that's very, very important, but we can do that more through modeling with our own behavior and addressing their emotional concerns which are pushing them away from that thing, right? Their emotional reactions that are pushing them away from that thing, right? And create emotions or, or help to cultivate emotions which draw them into that thing. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed this video. Um, if you have any questions or you have any, uh, and also the podcast, of course, my, my podcast folks out there who can't see me uh, but are hearing this, I, I really hope that you're enjoying this as well. And uh, if you have any questions, you know, please let me know, okay? This is really, really important stuff. And I know I'm talking mostly about parenting here, but but this also applies to, to just about any part of our lives. You know, that whole thing about striving for that next thing, you know, that's something that, that really does does become addressed through the practices that we talk about here in this in this podcast and these videos is that by by paying attention to what's happening as it's happening we learn to dwell right here and we learn to realize that right here is where our happiness is it's not next year next two years getting that car getting that house and stuff I mean yeah there's nothing wrong with getting that stuff but make sure you're happy with where you are right now and take care of this moment, and in taking care of this moment, that moment will take care of itself. I promise you that. And that's with parents or non-parents alike. So thanks for listening. I hope you uh, enjoyed this. If you have any questions, please hit me up. I'd be more than happy to hear from you, and I'd be more than happy to help you out with uh, you know talking to talking to you about these practices and kind of getting you started and seeing what we can do to uh, to to cultivate this for yourself and um, and get you to really increasing your happiness and your your satisfaction with life, your fulfillment with life. And that's again whether you're a parent or not. Thanks again, everybody. I wish you well. Take care.